Unorthodox is reporting from Israel, which we're sharing on the show this week, was made possible thanks to support from the Natan Foundation, the Maimonides Fund, and Tablet. This is Unorthodox, and I'm producer Josh Cross. We're now on day three of Unorthodox's special week-long series of dispatches from our recent trip to Israel. On today's installment, we're headed to the Shuk. Honestly, after our trip to Kfaraza on Monday and hanging out with dogs on Tuesday, we thought we needed some slightly lighter fare today. Which is not to say there's not a lot of meaning, just that it's a little tastier, if you will. We're actually taking you back to our very first day on the ground, December 8th, the eve of Hanukkah Shabbat. To shake off the jet lag and kick things off right, we went straight to the Shuk to meet one of our favorite foodies, Adina Sussman. This crowded, loud marketplace is also the perfect microcosm to see everything about Israel at play. War and peace, economic challenges, politics and pitas, it's all there. So with that, let us take you on a trip through the stalls of Shuk HaKarmel. So where are we right now? We're south of the Carmel Market at a cafe called Cafe Tomati. It's a bit claustrophobic, but it's actually awesome. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty awesome. Let me set the scene. You had producer Ellie Blyer, who you heard there, and me waiting for a coffee, sitting on a sidewalk outside the cafe just south of the Shukha Carmel Market in Tel Aviv. We were there with our colleagues, Tanya Singer and Liel Leibovitz, at 9.30 on a Friday morning roughly four hours after we had landed at Ben Gurion Airport. Just enough time to put our bags down, take a quick shower, and head out for a pre-Shabbat shopping trip. We were also waiting for chef and author Adina Sussman, but we didn't have to wait long for her either. Shabbat shalom, hug from everybody. Welcome to Tel Aviv. So happy you guys are here. In case you were worried about Adina's cooking bona fides, listen to this. Nothing better than a cortado and a microphone. <laughs> what do you make for Hanukkah? Last night, we had 25 people over, Tel Aviv style, everyone invited within less than 24 hours. Everybody showed up. We had Japanese yam and manchego latkes, butternut squash, herb latkes, Jerusalem artichoke, chive latkes, and classic. Uh, Cauliflower tabbouleh with pomegranate seeds, green salad with toasted nuts and feta, an apple galette, um, a date cake inspired by the date cake that I eat here every day and fresh Sifkani oat made a la minute with powdered sugar. <laughs> if you guys had been here, you would have been there. That's all I can tell you. Now, we didn't just come here for the coffee or to hang out with Adina. We wanted to know what the shook was like for her, especially during a very tense moment. People are out again. People are out, but definitely unprecedented times and you never know what you're going to find in all your regular locations, but... You chose to live by the Shuk. I chose to live by the Shuk. The Shuk chose me. (laughs) No, actually, my husband is a very wise man. I met my husband nine years ago. He's been living here for almost 40 years. He's American. And I say I moved to Israel for love and stayed for the Shuk. It's my community. It's my culinary North Star. Everything, you know. And then this place is like my home away from home. Truly like two of my best friends, the owners of this place. (laughs) one of whom is in battle right now. And his cookie recipe is in my second book. And Mickey's wife's family Jochman recipe is in the Shabbat book. It's like, it's not just a coffee shop. It's a lifestyle. This war is really teasing out, like, 
economic issues, challenges that Israel has been going through already with the judicial reform and COVID, like things that were teetering. Some have closed, some are on hold, 300,000 people in the army. So you see these signs everywhere, like, I'm a miluimik, this is my business, like, see ya when I see ya. A miluimik is a reservist, someone who's been called up for army service in the IDF. The weird thing about miluim is that it's for literally everybody. Your kid's math teacher, your family doctor, the garage guy even. These are women and men in their 20s and 30s and 40s and sometimes 50s and 60s as well. So naturally, it affects the shuk too. Walk around and you'll see the various stalls putting up signs explaining which staff members were in Miluim today. Life here is just so different, so immediate, so connected to, everyone is so connected to everyone else. Everything is impacted by the war, produce, prices, you know, what happened to the workers, the foreign workers, and also, I don't think a lot of people, even Israelis, realized how much produce came from, you know, from the Gaza border area. And the Nor- I mean, everyone's impacted all over the country because of the war, because of who's no- not working and because of who's not helping. But but people are pitching in. Everyone's going and volunteer. Last night, my cauliflower that I made, my tabuliata, was handpicked by a volunteer and brought to my house, which is really nice. At this point, having drained our coffee, it was time to actually head into the market. This is the bottom of the shook. The shook actually started on the other, at the top, on where Allen B meets Carmel Street. Carmel Market is only called Carmel Market because this is Rehova Carmel. It used to just be a standard street that you could traverse from top to bottom, oftentimes to get to the beach. <laughs> I love that in Israel, you just slow down behind an elderly person. Mm-hmm. You don't try and elbow your way past them or rush them. You just give them their time. So you can see peeking out, there's the Hasanbek Mosque. So Yafo, obviously, Jaffa has a lot of operating mosques, but Hasanbek is the only active mosque in Tel Aviv. We love hearing the muezzin every morning. Makes me think of the famous Elie Wiesel story where when he was in Israel when he was young and he heard the muezzin every day and he really wanted to meet the person who was chanting the prayers and so one day he decided to like be brave and trudge up to the top and the top and the top and he met the record player so um you know during the war of independence this was active sniper fire from that mosque area into the shuk the shuk was arab jewish mixed ownership until the war i would say about 20 to 30 percent of the people who work in the shuk are muslim or arab or palestinian or christian or many things but the Shuk is primarily Jewish-owned, but there are Palestinians and Muslims who rent stalls from Jewish people and run them. On Muslim holidays, you can see how empty the Shuk is because people are observing their holidays. And yeah, it's just become this vibrant place. It started about 110, 105 years ago on the top of the Shuk. This area, the Yemenite Quarter, this is really part of the Yemenite Quarter, the Shuk. It's like adjacent right here, it's where we live. And you know, Ahuzat Bay, the, the modern classic Tel Aviv was founded in around 1909 at the top of Rothschild Boulevard, Rothschild Boulevard 1. It's about a 10 minute walk from here. And that was more Eastern European Ashkenazi Jews, but there were already a lot of Jews living in this area and they saw a financial opportunity. They started bringing food and other things to sell out of wooden carts at the top of the Shuk and expanded from there and that became the Carmel Market. So, commercial. Let us enter. We shall. Let's go. After you. You guys hungry? What's your food? Are you hungry? Well, we are always. I mean, we're <laughs> here. We're here for it. Whatever it is, we're here for it. Ah. 
Drew's pita. We have to feed Josh. We're feeding him. The radio. The radio and Drew's pita is very thin and baked on a hot stone. Imagine the perfect crepe, but slightly thicker and slathered in labna, which is like a thicker, bolder kind of sour cream. They sprinkle some parsley all over it, and of course, za'atar, one of the greatest spices made up of sumac and hisop and sesame seeds and other surprises. As we waited, Adina and Liel discussed some snacks and toppings on the counter. This is taramus. Guys, mm-hmm. this is like a, it says Arab bean snack, legume snack. Very popular street food. And this is what? Not chatsini. This is malfouf. This is stuffed cat rolled cabbage. And these are grape leaves, tabbouleh. They make all of the family makes it all. You know, we're in the winter, like winter green season. Maze olesh. Once the pita was handed over, I took a bite, and then I realized it was going to be a long day of eating. So I had better pace myself. So I let Ellie and Tanya take over. Yeah, Ellie, that's, this is a new. Yeah. Take one for the team. Yeah, dude. I can't eat it all. You're here. We're going in? No, dude. So that a bad. So she doesn't want you to pay. Wait, am I really? But it's not cilantro, right? I don't know. Just pretend it's not. Oh god. Yeah, I have plenty to eat later. Oh, I kind of want other people eating. How, how is this? It's so mm. fresh and tangy. I'm gonna take one bite. Yummy. So and it's like so good, Josh. Everything works really elegantly together. The dough say. is like so hot. Agreed, and it's kind it's of like, like in and out burger. You can order off the menu. You want you more? You can get it crispier if you want. You can I'm ask being... for. You're wearing it in your beard. Hot sauce or. <laughs> Are you even in Israel if you don't sample feta cheese? Off we went to try some, and spoiler, it's not what you find in your local shop, right? Local sheep's milk feta. I mean, it's all about the soft cheeses in Israel. Like, if you're going to get, you know, they're just so... Oh, my so, God. Oh. It's, like, so... Like, all the saltiness you want from feta, but, like, mild. Yeah. And... Love it. It's creamy enough that you could make it into a dip or put it as a filling for, you know, barrecas. But it's also crumbly enough for a salad. And, you know, Israeli... Fuck. Israeli goat cheeses. Gonna do that a lot. I mean, I think they really speak to shepherds from the from biblical times till now. What are they shepherding? What are what are they milking? That's that's what we're eating right here. This is terroir. This is Israel. I think more than any of the other cheeses, like these are the cheeses that like are the most local and the most meaningful to me. It's amazing. Our mothers tried to teach us to eat our vegetables. And if they were as good as what we found here in the Shook, that wouldn't have been such a problem growing up. These tomatoes look unbelievable. These are the best cherry tomatoes in the Shook. They call them sukariot. Where are they grown? In hot houses in the south. Wow. <laughs> as you know, maybe you know, uh, a lot of tomatoes are now imported from Turkey, which has been very politically controversial and also not good for Israeli agriculture. But cherry tomatoes are still 100% grown here. Want one? They're very good. I would love one. Little cherry tomato. They're like candy. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh my god. This is what a tomato tastes like. Yeah. So what you do not exactly. have tomatoes in America. 
No. Really don't. Mm. So good. As you know, every day can bring perils here, so it's nice to see people are out. Um, I think it's the Israeli way. We celebrate when we can. Right now is strawberry season. Hanukkah and strawberries are actually very um, intertwined, which is funny because in the United States, strawberries are a summer crop. Here it's winter. People are starting to make their strawberry cakes. They're so good. I, bought, I couldn't resist. I bought some last night. I'm going to probably make some jam. In the U.S., strawberry season is late spring and early summer. In Israel, it's apparently all year round, but especially December. How do you understand? Yeah. Pretty good for uh, December 8th. These strawberries were amazing. Just the scent of it. Look at that. Wow. It smells, it's delicious. Mm. You know that strawberry jam Adina was talking about? So it's you know what that goes great with? So this is a um, famous stand, the Burik, um, and they make sfinge all year, which are the Moroccan donuts, but this is their Super Bowl because it's Hanukkah. Um, they're frying them right there. They're covered in sugar. Does anybody want a sfinge? No. What? He doesn't Tung, do sweet. Tanya yes. does. I do all. Sweet, savory. So you can grab. It's, I think it's three for ten shekel. I don't know if anyone has. I have a ten shekel. Yeah. See, Walt, this is like our Uber Eats. Like he's picking up their donuts. Someone probably ordering them for their Shabbat Hanukkah meal. All right, Tanya. <laughs> all this was nice but it wasn't the main attraction. That honor would be reserved for Yishtaba. It's a play on words. Yishtabach means blessed be his name, as in God, but it also means ish or man and tabach to cook. It's Liel's favorite place in the shuk or maybe even the world. And he's been talking about it nonstop, like would not shut up. And now it was time for me to eat there. So we're, we've, we're at Yishtabak. Is it too early for a schnitzel nope. sandwich? Not for Josh. To be clear, Liel abuses me because I will eat anything <laughs> once. So. Okay. Shalom. So what are y'all about to do to me? In the last three, four years, the schnitzel challah sandwich has become sort of the cool sandwich of choice in the shuk. I mean, there's obviously the classics, shawarma, falafel, sabich. What's nice about this is that it combines a lot of classic Israeli things, fried eggplant, schnitzel. It's a bit of a, what's nice about it is a mix of Mizrahi and Ashkenazi stuff all thrown together in a pita, which I think is kind of the story of Israel. It's very Hanukkah appropriate because everything is fried. <laughs> um, and it's nice also, this is the crunchy, the contrast of the crunchy so uh, eggplant and schnitzel, the soft, smushy challah, homemade matbucha. You can see that beautiful layer of oil on the top. That's a sign of good matbucha. Matbucha is the long, reduced tomatoes, peppers, hot peppers, garlic, often cooked overnight, reduced till it's like very flavorful and delicious. My, my, my question, and this is always important, is, when somebody doesn't know what they're doing and they come here, how do people order it incorrectly? Incorrectly? Yeah. I mean, I would ask the vendor to serve it to them as the vendor likes to eat it. Uh, yeah, like what's the equivalent of dealer's choice in Hebrew? Like as you like, as you would. Right. I get it. I mean, 
They take a lot of pride. You know, this isn't stall, but this is cuisine. They're not effing around. No. This is a very high quality stuff. It's very fresh. This challah is today and it's gone, mm -hmm. especially because it's Friday, but really every day. There's no holding over of hummus. There's no, they're not going to put those eggplants in a fridge and then refry them on Sunday. Like, right. it's one and done. This is, you see a nice stuff that's going on. I mean, citrus season, so you have beautiful oranges with the leaves on them. What it says above the fridge. That's an important detail. Yeah, so we were talking about this before. This is the business of uh, people who are in Army Reserve duty. So somebody who works here is in the Army and is not here right now because they're in Miloim which is, Miloim is Israelis who uh, serve in the IDF, do reserve duty and train regularly so they can be ready for military situations. Right. This is my, I'm very excited about this. Yeah. I mean, don't let my, my calmness diminish the excitement I have for the, what's about to happen. This is like the best trend ever. Why? She already pitched us on it, now I want to hear yours. On what? On why this is the best trend ever? I that, mean, that, that is now not a trend, now it's a permanent staple. It's because um, it's, it, first of all, I think it's a fusion of Mizrahi and Ashkenazi traditions. I'm uh, making it spicy. Yeah. Don't kill me, but yes. Yeah, you are, yeah, you are. I'm by, definitely having a bite of this. Yeah, like, I don't want to die. It, 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 it speaks to the fusion of Israeli street food culture. Um, and like no one, I don't think anyone even thinks about the fact that schnitzel is, is, is originally an Ashkenazi dish anymore. Bali, Bali, Bali. I, have, I don't have hands. It's also I mean, the fusion of different Jewish traditions. It's got the Shabbat roll. I mean, that's like right, a huge... Right, it's just a challah. Yeah. So challah, I mean, it served all week, but it started out probably as a Friday thing in the shuk. I mean, and challah is also... I mean, Kala is universal in Jewish tradition, but um, the size is so perfect. Um, and also, it's not, this is not like artisan sourdough Kala. This is like hardcore white flour, possibly margarine. Definitely has some sugar in there, but it's so delicious, you know? Like, that's what you need. That's a smushy center. There's an amazing uh, fish sandwich up there called Hakarmel 40, and they do this every morning. You see them buying just like the classic shook baguettes and then hollowing out the center and then filling it with this amazing fresh fish sandwich where the fish is purveyed by the fishmonger right behind the stall. They have all their special sauces that they make on the spot. So, you know, there's also in Israel what's going on a lot is a lot of, like in the States, a lot of fine dining chefs have kind of left that world and just want to do this because it makes them happy. It's a vibe, it's a vibe. Hold on. Um, I finally got this amazing sandwich in my hands. Ready? Like, I feel like I need to say a mozi or something. You need to say many blessings. Right, many blessings. right. Shekhianu. Right. It smells amazing. Oh. All right, fuck it all. I'm leaving. Josh and his sandwich. Oh my here. god. A man in a sandwich. Like, how anybody could hate anybody else when <laughs> some of those people make this? There's, no! <laughs> oh my god.
I'm gonna need a napkin. Thank bone. you. Uh, yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> Don't worry. This is really the single greatest sandwich oh my God. on the face of planet Earth. Get that Here, let me. Properly. Properly. Yes. Yep. That is so essential here. Right. Cuts through the fat, richness, yes. and everything. See, now you're selling non-preserved lemon. It's in the book, and I'm like afraid of it. Do not be afraid. Uh, my wife is a huge fan. Me too. I put in everything. That's so freaking good. All right. It's literally like. Oh my We're god. Not hurt. You want to sit for a minute and eat? Like, take a break? Bye! Like, whatever. Walk and eat this, right? Yeah, the lemon is necessary. Like, everything that's in here is necessary. That's that's when you know something's right, is it has a lot of things, but they all are. How is your head not exploding from that heat? It's not that it's hot. hot. It's not that hot. I can go home back to you. Now, like, I've done enough. Everything I have to do this is bonus. And don't you love that it's 9 45? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so appropriate for a Friday. Okay. This is the fish sandwich. You know, I have fish sandwich. Fish sandwich. Fish sandwich. Remember that fish sandwich Adina mentioned? We headed up the way to that stall, and while I was still reveling in my sandwich, Liel jumped on this one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everything is. Hold on. These guys are very serious. Tell us. So the fish come from Rustum, their favorite fish mongers, the former fine dining chef. They take their favorite many So they have a whole, every sauce is made. They assemble every sandwich on the spot and then they're, they just eat Sea bass on the plancha with a crispy skin. Just, you know. And then, you know, they're checking the doneness of the fish on the plancha. I mean, come on. Um, and then you'll see if he's going to add, they have all these special condiments and sauces that they make. This is highly recommended. So caramelized onions, that's kind of a new thing. That's not always, that's not always here. Very good. That's insanely great. The Shuk isn't just a place for earthly delights. It's also a history lesson, a microcosm of so many challenges and struggles that Israel, still a very young country, had to face. We stepped off of HaKarmel Street and talked about the roots of the neighborhood. All right, so you see we're like 10 meters out of the Shuk and it's so much quieter. The whole Yemenite Jewish immigration story is very dramatic. After the War of Independence, Yemenite Jews very committed to Israel, very religious. And um, all they wanted was to be here. And, you know, they were airlifted in massive airlifts in like 1950, 51. Operation Kanfeina Sharim on wings of eagles. And every family was given this one box home. It was like one room that had a gas balloon and a water hookup. <laughs> and this neighborhood was right near the beach. The Shook was right here. Nobody wanted to live here. Because of the beach it or just the was, It just wasn't. It, exactly. It wasn't, for whatever reason, you know, I think in early Israeli times like Ashkenazi Jews who were the dominant culture wanted to live in North in the you know the sort of Rothschild Boulevard platonic ideal of what Israel should look like they exactly then it was Berlin right they wanted Not to 30 right like exactly and so this beach. was a place that nobody would want to live and I love the Yemenite quarter we live here in a sense we are gentrifiers <laughs> but we try try to celebrate the local culture but also many of them are cashing in, <laughs> selling their homes and moving somewhere else um, and securing their retirement. But there are still quite a few traditional Yemenite 
מה נשמע? חג שמח. פנטה תהיה היום? רוב הסיכויים, לא יודעת מתי. טוב, טוב, ביי. זה מהטובים בבית אתיופיים בבית. בלי אינג'ה. זה ‫הההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
those time it was like a keyboards when I be since like I was like uh, 18 17 since then it was like a keyboards it was nothing here nothing here yeah thank you I go out with the animal we used to have a lot of animal I still have you see two cats Arik talked about how this little cube-shaped building felt in her childhood, where they had sheep and horses and trees of all sorts. They would ride the horses to the Yom, the sea, and frankly, it sounded pretty damn idyllic. Yeah, and uh, we used to have a tree, like the cuisine, oranges, like limonim, like uh, strawberry. Oh, guyavot. We used to have guyavot. But where Adina live right now, it was like this, home like this, okay? It was Chabura Maganda. The family of the iconic Maganda restaurant from the neighborhood, which is still here. Yes. It's like the classic grill restaurant, yes. and they their family lived where I live now. Yeah, it was Chabura, so it's Maganda. There, it was a tree, we have a tree. Yes. We used to go inside the tank and run away, you, you know, children. <laughs> it was beautiful, beautiful child. What do you want me to do? I want you to cook. Erit enlisted everyone helping prepare the lahul. It's a traditional Yemenite bread that's light and aerated and comes in a circle. Ellie was assigned to the stovetop, while Adina aggressively grated a tomato. When it was done, she transformed the bread into a sort of pancake sandwich, along with grated tomato, spicy shug, and a fried egg. Naturally, we also had to toast with some arak for good measure. <laughs> so, Adina, yes. obviously it's also a holiday, yes. but what is... What are we seeing today that you wouldn't see when it's not Arab spot? Like when it's not about to be. Like it's Friday. Like what, what's unusual today? Yeah. Um, and more people. I mean, people come from outside of the city on Fridays to enjoy the shuk, to shop, to eat. You know, in a non-war time. I mean, this is like until the minute the shuk closes, it's teeming with people, young people eating, drinking, partying, celebrating. And people of all ages come here to enjoy um, you know, but it's, it's, I can already feel it's a little quieter than usual today, but, you know, um, and more, there are certain vendors that only come out on Thursdays and Fridays, um, produce vendors and things like that, but it's generally, the shook is pretty consistently active, um, you know, it's not as, it's what's actually interesting, you know, you think of... You think of Tel Aviv as a city of progress, modernity, but, you know, Machane Yehuda Market in Jerusalem is much more developed, much more polished. You know, here, they still don't have a, a, an awning over the shuk. 
If it rains, you're, 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 you're up to their ankles in water, the birds flying around, there's no ventilation from the sun. So in a way, Carmel Market is still stuck in time a little bit in a good way. Like it'll change eventually. And they've been talking about renovating the ship for 15 years, but there's a lot of internal debate about how to do it, who wants it, who doesn't. So, you know, I like it just like this, personally. Same. Thank you for everything, but I want to say to the world, please bring back the kidnap. Yes. And Hostages. the soldier and everyone and peace in the world. What can we say? Amen. Amen. There are moments during a trip like this when you think to yourself, this cannot possibly get any better. And then something like this happens. The door of a door, indeed. After all, when we were about to close the door on this trip and head back home, I again thought that things were about as good as they were going to get. And that's when, about four hours before leaving the country, the Sabih was delivered by the motorcycle bandit himself. Sabih is a stuffed pita sandwich with fried eggplant, hard-boiled eggs, pickles, a tangy mango sauce called amba, and miscellaneous other toppings. And the motorcycle bandit? That's Israeli folk hero Ron Leibovitz. He's a legend because he peacefully robbed 21 banks in 1989 and 1990. As one of our colleagues put it, if you add up all the people you ever meet in your life, they will not have robbed as many banks as this one guy. And if it wasn't obvious, he's also Liel's dad. And as it turns out, he's my favorite Sabih delivery guy on the planet. So Josh Cross, we are leaving here in a few hours, but I could not let you leave this country without tasting arguably its finest culinary delicacy. Um, I am presenting you with this pita. I'm not sure I'm worthy. He's a legend because he peacefully robbed 21 banks in 1989 and 1990. I'm the father of this creature, and I just brought Ovad, which is uh, one of the best uh, street food in Israel. So this is my dad, and what he brought is sabich, which is a traditional dish that you could really kind of only find here. It's fried eggplant in a pita, with egg, with pickles, with trina, and with amba, which is kind of a spicy, smelly, delightful mango chutney. Um, and what's so special about Ovad? Something into the taste of what he's doing. And he's uh, like making the old schmear, you know. This is Maccabi against the pole, which means the red uh, spicy sauce against the amba, which is uh, yellow. 
This is one of the greatest delights Israel has to offer. And now Josh Cross will eat it. Wait a minute. On mic. Well, <clears throat> let, me, let me just say, because I don't think you told your dad this, when we were getting ready to come and it might have been dangerous and we were deciding whether or not to go, you said, I said, if, I die, if I'm going to die for a word, then my word is sabich. Really? Yeah, because you don't, this is the one thing you can't even remotely find in America. You can find falafel, you can find everything else. Sabik doesn't exist. And this is why, this was like, yeah. Now do you understand about the yeah. meal this time? As I usually say, fuck, that's good. It is. No, it's garbage. Compared to this. What? <laughs> Man, this is, this is an absolute masterpiece. You know, Sabih means morning in Iraqi. Yeah. My wife is uh, of Iraqi uh, term. And every now and then we go to her mother in Natanya. And she is making the best Sabih ever. They don't call it Sabih. They call it uh, our, uh, our branch. But it's... Yeah, that's the egg in this thing. Mm. <laughs> And after all that, all I can say is bon appetit or bitte ofon. Unorthodox is a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Stephanie Butnick, with Liel Leibovitz and Joshua Molina. We're produced and edited by Josh Cross, Robert Scaramuccia, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. And our team includes Tanya Singer, Courtney Hazlett, and Jerome Rusquet, with help from Sam Hacker and Jordana LaRosa. Our team on the ground in Israel was Leah Leibovitz, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, and Ellie Blyer. Special thanks to Tablet's Armin Rosen. Our episode art is by Esther Werdiger. Our logo is by Jenny Rosbrook. Our theme music is by Golem. We love to hear from you. Email us at unorthodoxatabamag.com or leave a message on our listener line, 914-570-4869. Until tomorrow, shalom, friends, and Am Yisrael Chai. excited to announce Tablet's first ever essay competition, First Personal. Our editors are looking for previously unpublished work by writers living in North America who have never written for Tablet before. They are seeking submissions on the theme of belonging. Where do you feel at home or no longer at home, physically, spiritually, or culturally? How do you find community or a sense that you're a part of something larger than yourself? Are there places where you feel a sense of belonging or alienation or both? Tablet is seeking personal essays about your life and your experiences and how your thoughts and feelings have evolved over time. Tablet editors will review all submissions and choose their favorite five, which they will edit with the writers. The authors of those five pieces will be brought to New York City to read their story in front of a live audience. A guest judge will then select the winner. The winning essay will be published in Tablet and the winner will receive $500. For more information and to submit your essay, please visit tabletmag.com essaycontest essay contest.